couple of years ago, I used to have a blog called IamDamo.com. Through that blog, I did a segment called Ask Damo, where I answered the question of faithful readers of the blog each week. Well, I'm happy to announce that I am relaunching that segment on my podcast. So, tonight, today, this morning, whenever you listen to this podcast, this is the first episode or reboot of Ask Damo, and I hope you enjoy. This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening and or watching uh, Season with Salt, the podcast. This is episode 101. And back in the day, I used to have a, well, I used to have a blog, and a part of that blog, I had an Ask Damo section where I would entertain questions that people would send to me. So I decided that it would be cool to reboot that. So I um, have been securing questions from people, um, and um, I got some good questions today that I think um, you will enjoy. Let me just first say that I'm grateful to everybody who has uh, listened to my podcast over the years. 100 episodes did not think that I would have 100 episodes when I initially started doing this podcast. In fact, um, sometimes when you get a really good idea and you start doing something, you actually don't know how long it'll last at all. So grateful to the folks who have consistently listened. Um, I was, wait, I think it was like last week, last week. I was in Indianapolis for my fraternity's um, general convention, and some of the brothers came up and said, hey, you know, I've been listening to your podcast, so I think that that's really cool, and um, I'm grateful for that. So let's get right into it. So uh, we have three Ask Damo questions today. Um, I was trying to think of a different name other than Ask Damo, but... mm, I've been rocking with it for so many years that I was like, I should just keep going. Um, I used to really not like being called Damo, but whatever. Okay, y'all, check this out. Here's question number one. Let me read it. Okay. A former friend asked me to be her godson's godmother. I was agreeable, but then the two of us lost touch. We recently reconnected on Facebook, and she inboxed me about her son's second birthday. After I agreed to attend, she started including me in party planning with tasks as though we had never disconnected. How do I tell her that I don't feel comfortable being connected to her kid as the godmom? Signed, M.I.A. M.I.A. Godmama. Wow. (laughs) 
Well, uh, this is this is a this is a I have a I have actually a, a very interesting I have a similar experience, maybe not the the latter part, but I think that one thing that's really really important, especially when we're even first of all, we have to consider like if you're around my age, like being asked to be a godparent or that conversation coming up is something that happens almost on a regular basis, right? And I think it's important to note, especially if you're going to be somebody's godparent or if you're in the position to identify somebody to be a godparent to your child, that being a godparent is a spiritual agreement between the parent and the godparent. And it means that essentially that godparent is taking responsibility for supporting and guiding, mentoring, even parenting that child um, in the event that something might happen, but also just to be there um, to support the parent. The word um, godparent or, the, or the, the terminology that we use actually comes from the word sponsor, um, which means to promise, right? So the the acceptance, the extension of the opportunity to be someone's godparent is very, very um, deep, right? It's not just something that you do casually. And so, um, you know, being godparent, it shouldn't be casual. Like the the accepting of being someone's godparent should be something that you pray over, that you think about. The selection of a person that you want to be your 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 child's godparent um, should be something that you put equal amount of time and consideration into. I mean, the other thing is that it should also be a shared a a, a mutual commitment between the godparent, the family, and God. Right? God is the anchor of a godparent's commitment to uh, a child and that commitment should be manifested through love and care and support for not just the child, but also the parent in that relationship. So it's clear that the person that invited you to be the godparent, they loved you and they trusted you and they wanted you to be a integral part of their child's life. Sometimes people do fall apart. I think the first thing that you really have to do is determine, do I want to be this child's godparents? Yeah, the past is the past, right? Like you didn't see them for two years. You really can't be accountable for, it's not the child's fault that you didn't see them. Like when you were excited about the, uh, the opportunity to be the godchild, you know, what about that experience? What about that opportunity was appealing to you? And then I think you have to go back to that place. You have to also realize that a child that is zero to two years old doesn't get to choose, you know, who they have as a godparent. I think you also have to consider, like, what are your religious views around how a godparent is selected? Are you a person that believes that the ceremony is confirmed in the church? Are you Catholic? Are you Pentecostal? Like, where does that, how does that fall for you? So first of all, you're deciding, is this something that I really want to do? If it's something that you want to do, then I think that there's some opportunity for you to have communication with that parent. I probably would wait till after the party 
Um, you know, if a child is getting ready to have a two-year-old birthday, it's like, yeah, you know, you, you when the child turns one, they're there at the party and they know and everybody's there. But a two-year-old birthday party is kind of like something that they could potentially remember. They're very cognizant. They're there. It's amazing to see a lot of different faces. And I think that it's really important, like, for someone not, don't ruin the experience of that child or interrupt the planning to be like, I don't want to be the godparent. But I do think that a conversation has to be had because you will be announced as that child's godparent at that event. And so if you don't clarify your expectations, if you don't clarify or re-clarify the, the, the role that you're going to have in that child's life prior to that event, like you, you might be setting yourself up for failure. So my advice is to have open communication with any concerns that you have after you have determined whether this is something that you want to do. If you don't want to be the godparent, cut it off. Don't be weird. Like, don't just let that person know it's been a while. Um, this is not the, the, my expectation for godparenting is that A, B, and C happens, and then you can take responsibility for it too, right? I haven't seen you or the child in two years, and I could have reached out, or I could have, you know, if I agreed to be the godparent, I could have said, here are the things, here's what it means to be my godchild, and here's the relationship that I need to have with the parent consistently. So take responsibility and then just bow out if you need to. You can bow out of being the godparent without not going, without like being like, and I'm also not coming to the party, like just go to the party, whatever. Um, yeah, so I think that's, that's what, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. Um, people have asked me in my life to be their children's godparents and that I've not heard from them again. And I'm fine with that. Just don't pop up like later on in life when they need like a college fund or something like that. Um, I am sort of like, because of my spirituality, I am sort of waiting to, for like the formal process where somebody contacts you when they're like expecting a child and says, I want you to be my child's godparent and, and, and let's have a ceremony at the church and, and, you know, here's the time that you're going to be babysitting and hanging out with the child. But I think all of us sort of want that formal experience. And so I think it's important for parents to plan for that experience in the way that you plan, maybe not in the way that you plan for regular parenting because that's complex, but at least like have a strategy of some sort. So, you know, about how you will invest, how you'll, um, you know, engage God parenting, right? Okay. Question number two. All right. Here's question number two. I recently resigned from a community leadership position. The person who succeeded me has been openly critical of some of my efforts. However, they continue to use me privately as a resource and a sounding board. I'm inclined to disengage with her, but I also feel the need to say something. How should I approach the negativity being spewed by this woman? Signed, immediate past target. <laughs> I mean, that's cute. Immediate past target. Okay. Um, first of all, been there. Been there. Been there. So definitely know what you are going through. I mean, from my perspective, if you're still actively engaged in the organization, I, I would definitely say something. I would say something. I think that sometimes a new leader 
they hear the criticism from previous administrations or leadership groups or supervisors or whatever. And a lot of times what they have to communicate is areas where they're going to make changes or they're going to do things differently. And that person might not know like how decisions were made or who made the decisions. I think it is, if you're still actively engaged, I think it's your responsibility to say, you know, I don't want to be the type of person that like tries to correct you or tries to defend um, every decision that I made as a leader. But I want you to take into consideration that like when people are criticizing these ideas, they're criticizing things that not just myself, but people who are working with me, people who were a part of the organization helped to build at the time when I was in leadership. I think that that is something that is worth saying. I mean, I would broach the discussion by noting that as a former leader, like you need to know, I think I would say, how can I be most supportive to you as a former leader? And then let that person name some things that would be helpful to them. And then hopefully they will give you the opportunity to say, you know, what would be helpful to um them right and i think that that's fair um if you ask them how you can support their transition and their development and then hopefully they ask you again like what it is that you need um it's a hard position to be new it's a hard position to be old it's hard on the people who remain who need to be led. It's hard to sit in a space to where you have been the leader and you're not anymore. And so I think like giving yourself some grace to be uncomfortable and then also like seeing it as a part of your legacy to have continuous conversations about how you want things to be lifted and how you want to be supportive, I think is the best uh, thing to do. That's that's my advice. Hey, if you all have any advice and you you are um, listening, um, the, the individuals that submit these questions, I'm certain are going to be looking in the chat or checking the, the stream and such. And so if you have other experiences or ideas or things that you think would be helpful uh, to um, these particular people who've asked the question anonymously, that is, um, please feel free to like write in the chat, send me an email, um, whatever you think would be ideal. Okay, here's a final question for today. Elder, because uh, I'm elder. Um, elder, I feel completely lost spiritually. I don't feel that I am growing at my current church. The pandemic helped me to realize how antiquated my church leadership is, and I want to jump ship for another church. The problem is that there are no other churches in my small community um, that are a part of my reformation. I feel stuck. What's your advice on personal revival in this season, and how do I approach leadership if I want things to change? Signed, Stuck Spiritually. So, oh my. (laughs) Oh my. I mean... I'm going to give you the answer that I think everybody is going to give you or the thing that everybody is going to say. And it seems generic, but it's important to just um, know. You really have to amp up your prayer life. You really, really have to amp up your prayer life. Um, 
And a part of what I think is important in this season for believers is not to spend a lot of time like projecting or directing your prayer against systems and people like, Lord, help them, help them. They need help. Well, I think you need to be also, in addition to asking for a prayer for your spiritual leaders and those that you are in community with, I think you also need to be asking God, what do you want me to do in this season? Because I think it's easy to project what other people should be doing. And I think that sometimes we feel powerless in conflict. And so we expect that people with titles and leadership should know already what to do. And the reality is, is that some people just don't know what to do. And they're praying and they're seeking God and they're going to the throne room to figure out what to do. The last thing that they really need is pressure from other people who are like, you need to do something, right? And so in space and time, I know during the pandemic, um, I don't have the same experience. This is not somebody from my personal church. Let me just say that right now. Um, or even in the city that I live in. Um, but I know for me, like I really had to tap into, I had to, I had to get away from what I thought should be happening. And I had to say, what is it that I want to do? Um, that aligns with the the value set and the leadership of my pastor in the church that I go to that would be permissible, um, that would amplify the ministry that the church has while we are in this gray space. So that's the first thing. I really had to tap into that. And then what's God's call for me in this season and all that comes through prayer right i was i had to pray for myself like i had to be like lord and a part of that prayer was ease anxiety like show me direct me heal me help me let me know where you want me to go in this situation and i wasn't trying to be like i didn't take the attitude that i was like better than anybody or like had a better you know i just wanted to help the the leadership and i think that that is depending on the role that you play in your local assembly or your local church that might be what god is calling you to do but you might not be connected to leadership you might go to church that's large and you just feel disconnected i think prayer um is is important one thing that i would say is to be very careful about approaching leadership because if, like i said if the person is already stressed about what they're going to do and they're already not sure of themselves because who's had this experience before right um then you approaching them with a whole bunch of critique and concern might not be as productive so before you approach pray right and i think that it's better as a leader um, if somebody approaches you with an idea or and, and the energy and the wherewithal and the resources to attack that idea with 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 their their resources, then that is better than somebody saying, I'm unhappy and here are the 15 things that you should do and hope you can get this stuff done so that I can so that I can become happy. No, like a part of our experience is, you know, what we contribute. And so I think that's important. So before you approach the leader, like don't burn a bridge, like trying to like tell that person what you think that they should be doing. If if God leads you to share ideas that you can support, then do that. Um, I think that 
the other thing that the pandemic has really done is created like a lot of generational barriers. And I think sometimes we're not honest about that. And I think that we we need to be more honest about the generational barriers that the pandemic has created. And, and generations need to speak up about how they can best be ministered to. But I think in context, right? And so if I'm on the mother's board, I should talk. I should talk to the leader of the mothers' board about how I could, how I could best be ministered to, or and I shouldn't do it in a gossipy way, right? Like I should. There's some things that me and my peers might agree on, but it's not productive if I just keep all my concerns on the level of my peers, right? Because we all do agree, so we can talk. We can go back and forth about how much we agree about what should be done, but. If none of us is equipped or has the authority to do the work or to make the decision, it's really not productive. So consider that. Um, consider your attitude towards leadership. Consider yourself. Have some empathy, but pray and ask God to lead and guide you. I do want to say that you have give yourself th- some grace around being stuck right? It, there, nobody knows what to do. Like nobody has known what to do, right? And every stage of the pandemic in the last couple of years, every stage has meant trying to figure out how we're going to navigate these seasons, right? What to do, how to do it, where to do it, who to do it with, what resources we need, what money we need. How do we, Nobody has known how to do this. And being stuck is simply having to figure out what to do with the new normal, with the new space, with the new environment that you're in, like essentially sometimes with an old mindset, right? And so a part of getting unstuck is really seeking God through prayer and through his word and through Christian fellowship that is productive, right? Like sometimes we need to get out of our space of our circles of criticism and get amongst people that just want to talk about Jesus and him crucified. I think that that's really, really, really important. Like stop um, surrounding yourselves with other people who are also stuck, right? Because you all will remain stuck. It takes somebody to jump out of the fold and get unstuck and then come back and grab the other people that are, that, that are, that are still stuck. I think that, you know, take it, take inventory of your environment. Like what music are you listening to? Who are you hanging out with? What are you watching on TV? Like, what are your patterns, right? Like how do your patterns feed being stuck? And how can you break a pattern by breaking, or how can you break that stuckness by breaking a pattern? I think that that's very important. Um, I think also too, and you have to be very, very careful with expanding your your preachers and things that you watch on TV because some ministries are not equipped to minister to your specific needs, right? And if you are not careful, especially if you're in a space of vulnerability where you're feeling stuck, Satan will re- manipulate you through, through, through the ministries and the work of other churches. Like, be careful not to be stuck talking to people who make you wish that you went to their church or you had their Christian experience. And so you just start fantasizing or like you're, you, you become um, physically, mentally, spiritually unpresent where you are. That's not God's will. That, that's not God's will. And so I think you have to be careful. Like if you don't go to Elevation Church, don't you can be 
ministered to by the people there and the music and the songs that are sung, but you really are responsible for making sure that you are present in the place where God has planted you, right? And then also consider yourself. Like, what if you were the pastor? What if you were the leader? What if you were the missionary or the teacher or the person responsible for spiritual growth and development? Like, it's hard, right? And so I believe that God will give you the strength. I believe that God will guide you. I believe that he will not leave you nor forsake you in your, in your in, in this space. So, hey, listen, it has been wonderful um, rapping with y'all. I just want to say that um, I love to answer any questions that you have. I'm going to try to do this uh, more often. But if you have any questions, you can actually email me. Or you can Facebook me, or you can inbox me, however you want to contact me. My email is SWS, like seasoning with salt, uh, the podcast, SWS, the podcast at Gmail. You can also um, hit us up, hit me up on Facebook and Instagram at SWS Podcast, or on Twitter, SWS The Podcast, to connect. You can go to my website to present a question. That is SeasonWithSaltPodcast.com, SeasonWithSaltPodcast.com. I love to entertain your questions. I love for you, if you have enjoyed uh, listening to this episode, episode 101, Ask Damo, the reboot, uh, to uh, like and share and comment and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Thank you so much, and I look forward to interacting with you soon. Have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.